Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Energy Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Trenton Sweet, and we're going to talk about hydration today. We're going to talk about electrolytes, salt, we're going to talk about water, we're going to talk about what hydration is, why it matters, and how you should do it, and why you should do it. And most of you have probably heard the whole, you know, you need to drink like a gallon of water every day. And while hydration is extremely important, um, it matters what kind of water you're drinking. If you're drinking a gallon of like distilled, you know, crap water every day, you're actually doing more harm than you're doing good. And, uh, and that's because water wants to be stabilized. It wants minerals in it. And so if you're drinking like plain water, distilled water, uh, God forbid you're drinking tap water. I really hope you're not drinking tap water um, just because of all the, there's so many toxic metals, not to mention fluoride that's in tap water that uh, you don't want to be drinking. So don't be drinking that. Um, but if you're drinking like dead water, basically like distilled water, bottled water for the most part, most bottled water is, is garbage. Um, or dead anyhow so if that's the kind of water you're drinking then when that water goes through your body it's actually gonna steal minerals from your body to stabilize itself um, which means that you're depleting yourself you're actually dehydrating yourself hydration doesn't just come from you know from H2O from water itself it actually comes from the minerals and things like that that are in the water and so don't just be drinking plain water. Please don't drink a gallon of plain water every day. You're gonna deplete yourself of really important minerals that, uh, that are gonna leave you more dehydrated. If you've ever noticed, like if you try to drink a gallon of water a day, um, or half a gallon or whatever, when you do that, you feel like you're always thirsty. So you're always drinking more and more and more water. If your water had electrolytes in it, and I'll kind of cover what electrolytes are um, here in a minute. But if you are drinking water that has electrolytes or minerals in it, then you're going to be hydrated and you're not going to be as thirsty. Uh, and this, this also relates to like the type of food you're eating too. So if you're eating, uh, if you're eating food that has a lot of bioavailable minerals and of course nutrients in it, um, you're not going to be as thirsty. And uh, just to say right here too as well, like one thing that you can do to improve your health is, health is to not drink with your food when you eat, um, like anything at all. And I know that's really difficult because our whole culture, our whole society culture, the way that we live is practically designed in a way where you drink something with every meal. So um, just trying to get out of the habit of drinking with every meal is pretty difficult but the reason why I say that is because when you do you know drink you know like a, a whole cup of water or several cups of water or whatever else you're drinking hopefully you're not drinking pop or soda or anything but if you do drink a lot when you eat you uh, you're diluting your your stomach acid um, which is going to make it harder for you to digest food and the whole point of eating food is to digest that food and to get the nutrients from that food. Um, in a previous episode, I talked about food order, you know, like eating 
eating your protein first. Uh, that way your body was going to get all the amino acids that it needed from the protein. Um, you know, you were going to be able to burn more calories that way, build more muscle, have more protein synthesis and all that good stuff. Eat your fat second, your carbohydrates last. That way um, your body wasn't going to get the blood glucose response. You weren't going to get the insulin response from eating those carbohydrates um, as high as you normally would, which is going to, you know, aid in weight loss, fat loss, and also help you gain more muscle, uh, maintain mood, and, and all that good stuff as well. So also a part of that like food order is trying not to have a lot of fluid in your stomach. Um, it's not as big of a deal to drink, you know, afterwards and, you know, it's, it's okay to have a drink with you while you eat, you know, if you're fearful of choking or something like that, uh, obviously that's okay. Um, and it's not gonna like hinder you in any really dramatic way, but if we're really trying to optimize, you know, human health and performance and, you know, live in a way that's the most beneficial, then um, try not to dilute your stomach acid very much. And eat nutritious food that is hydrating as well. Uh, food that has a, a lot of bioavailable minerals and stuff in it. So let's kind of dive in. Like electrolytes are something that we've been hearing about for years. Um, you may have a dirty image of Gatorade in your mind when you think of electrolytes. Uh, I want you to get rid of that image because there's so much sugar um, and processed sugar in particular in Gatorade and most sports drinks. Um, although they say they're designed for hydration, that processed sugar is detrimental to your health. Uh, it's really not something that you want to be drinking while you're exercising if you do want to be performing at your optimal level, at your prime, fittest level. Uh, you don't want to be drinking stuff like that. Some salt water. Um, water, and I'm not talking about iodized salt, and I'll go into salt a little bit later. Um, but you want to be drinking something that's got minerals, that are going to keep you from being depleted, keep you truly hydrated so that your muscles are in proper action, your nerve endings are firing uh, at the proper speed and their timing and the conduct conductivity is there and so you're, you're as prime as you can possibly be. Uh, sugar hinders that. Um, now a lot of athletes, they'll, they'll uh, consume a little bit of sugar while they're competing. Um, the best thing you can do is to consume like a whole sugar, something that's got a, a profile of different types of sugar in it. Not high, not high fructose corn syrup that's in like Gatorade and Powerade and sports drinks and shit like that. Like a natural sugar from like an apple or a banana, something like that. Something that's not gonna fill your stomach but it's gonna give you a hit of good, uh, you know, glycogen for your glucose stores, um, for your muscles and things like that. Uh, not Gatorade. So electrolytes, uh, they're basically charged minerals um, that carry an electric current. Uh, they're essential for various physiological functions including uh, maintaining fluid balance, nerve function, muscle contraction, heart function, uh, your acid base balance inside your body. Um, electrolytes help regulate the balance of fluids in and out of cells and tissues, ensuring proper hydration. Sodium and potassium in particular are critical for transmitting electrical signals between nerve cells um, and also allowing for sensation and muscle movement, which is obviously important when you're exercising. 
Calcium and magnesium play key roles in muscle contraction and relaxation. Um, electrolytes are crucial for the electrical impulses that control the heartbeat. So when you think of electrolytes, always think of electric, right? Because they're electrically charged minerals. Um, and your heart is a is the most electric organ besides your brain and your body. The amount of neurons and mitochondria that's in your heart is tremendous. And so electrolytes are gonna help your heart function very well. They're gonna help to maintain a steady and healthy rhythm inside your heart. Also electrolytes like uh, bicarbonate help maintain the body's acid to base balance, which is essential for proper metabolic function. Now, I like to start my morning out basically every day, no matter where I am, no matter what I'm doing, I wake up and I drink two cups, so about 16 ounces of warm salt water with some sort of acid in it, whether it's lime or lemon. Um, you know, the night before, I will cut a lemon or a lime and I will I'll squeeze all the juice into those two cups of water. And then I will add um, either Celtic sea salt, gray Celtic salt, or I will add Himalayan pink salt to my water, never iodized like your regular table salt. And I'll talk about that in a minute and why. And part of that acid to base balance um, as a human being, our stomach is as acidic as scavengers. Um, like other mammals that are scavengers, we have an extremely acidic stomach. And that's because for most of our human evolution, um, like we started essentially as scavengers as we came out into the grasslands from the forest um, for survival and then you know once we started to become hunters as well we still prioritized the the types of food that were left over from what the the predators previously would leave behind so our stomachs are similarly as acidic as like hyenas and um, even like vultures, you know, things that, that are eating like rotten, uh, you know, leftover meat. That's the type of uh, stomach that a human being has, uh, very similar to that. And the reason why we have such an acidic stomach uh, profile, why it's supposed to be so acidic, is essentially to kill any bacteria, the pathogen, whatever, that is in the food that we're eating because like I said for most of our uh, for most of our biological ancestry we were eating raw for sure <laughs> and uh, you know leftovers uh, like meat organs you know things like that they were they were left from the scene of a predator uh, eventually we became hunters and you know by probably by watching those other hunters in the grasslands we learned how to do so, we got very good at it. Um, at some point in our history, we started to, to we learn how to cook, use fire. Um, mostly, it looks like in the archeological data that we used cooking to cook like tubers, uh, plants, things like that. Things that were not digestible by us in the first place. We used fire to basically pre-digest those break down the toxins in those plant foods. That way we were able, able to digest them and get some sort of nutrients from them in, uh, in times of survival. And so today, humans obviously cook everything and we cook the nutrients out of a lot of things and 
you're considered a very strange individual if you eat any uh, extremely raw or uh, or I'm sorry, extremely rare or raw meats of any kind. You're definitely looked at odd, and it's very against our culture. <laughs> um, it does. Uh, there's actually a lot of studies on it. I'm not recommending that you go eat raw meat. I'm just saying <laughs> that our stomach, our stomach is set up in a way where if you're a healthy individual. Um, you know, a lot of studies actually show that you're going to get a lot more benefit from that. Um, so I'm not recommending that. Uh, I, I cook my meat. I eat it rare, very rare. Um, but I do cook it. It's a flavor thing. Um, but anyways, our stomach is really acidic. And so some of the ways that you can make sure that it's balanced um, is you can make sure that you have all the minerals that you need in your body. Um, I like lemon juice, lime juice, adds a little bit of flavor. It's also, um, it has some, some other enzymes in it that help to balance your gut out. When you're fasted is a good time to do something like this. Um, obviously you break your fast with breakfast and, uh, and that's a good time. I, like I said, I like to wake up first thing in the morning and hydrate the fuck out of myself with two cups of salt water, normally with some lemon or lime in it as well. Um, and there's other ways to get electrolytes as well like there's I'm a really big fan of trace minerals uh, it's a brand that has trace minerals and everything uh, they get all their minerals from sea salt um, they have many different blends there's like zinc there's um, oh there's like iodine there's um, there's all sorts of shit uh, all different types of minerals because there's a or, I'm sorry, a lot of different types of magnesium because there's many different uh, forms in which magnesium comes in. Um, very important. They have a lot of ones I really like. They have a, a pack, um, like a trace mineral power pack, and uh, you can just add one of them to your water. Sometimes if I don't have lemons or limes at the time, um, I'll add one of those to my water in the morning, and then I will basically shotgun that and then move on. Um, with my day um, let's talk about food uh, really quick the most uh, the foods that are most abundant sources of bioavailable electrolytes are going to be foods that have a lot of minerals but the key word is bioavailable minerals um, if you do a Google search for uh, foods with the most minerals in them you're gonna come up with a lot of foods that have a lot of minerals but not bioavailable to humans you're gonna find it's gonna say like spinach. It's gonna say a lot of leafy greens, things like that. Um, we're humans, and really the best way to get those nutrients, those minerals, is to eat something that has already digested those minerals, and now those minerals are in their muscles and in their and in their organs and things like that. So, the most bioavailable sources of minerals for human beings are and electrolytes are going to be in ruminant animal meats specifically organ meats um, if you can if you are comfortable with like I am um, eating heart or liver even tongue I mean any of those like the nose to tail kind of parts of an animal that you know people cringe at uh, they can be cooked in some very delicious ways just so you know and by the way again they are the most dense bioavailable uh, things you can eat for uh, for hydration and uh, like I said we're 
the, the point is to be hydrated. You know, you're going to get a ton of vitamins and stuff from those type of foods as well, but you're going to get a, a ton of minerals and electrolytes. And that also goes for just, you know, like your muscle meat from, uh, from a good sourced um, ruminant animal. And a ruminant animal is an animal that has the four-chamber stomach, um, like a cow, a goat, uh, sheep, you know, bison, something like that. Um, that's, that's what you're looking at. That's what you're going to want to want to try to aim for is getting uh, hydrating food like that and then obviously fruits uh, a lot of fruits are also very hydrating as well so if you're eating a pretty balanced diet you're getting some fruit you're getting some you know some red meat you're gonna get all the minerals that you need you're gonna get a ton of calcium uh, I didn't mention bone marrow bone marrow should be one I, I definitely mentioned because bone marrow is loaded with minerals it's loaded with calcium magnesium sodium I mean all, all the good stuff that your body needs iron um, some really important minerals and um, and so try to just try to eat a balanced diet in that way that way you are getting hydration from your food not just from drinking um, if it's uh, difficult for you to add things to your water maybe you can't handle the taste um, then definitely make sure you're eating foods that have a lot of minerals in them um, try to add some salt to your water. You can also drink like coconut water. Uh, there's like aloe water, you know, things like that. Um, as far as like good fluids to drink besides water, um, cacao. If uh, if you drink a warm or, or hot cacao, um, also that's very very mineralized, very hydrating drink. Um, so you can definitely drink some cacao that's going to help you a lot. There's, there's like 700 different nutrients and minerals in cacao. That's a good drink to hydrate you. There, uh, if you're going to do coconut water or like aloe water, just make sure that there's not any added sugar to it. Because that added sugar is going to it's gonna dehydrate you. It's going to work the opposite way of what, <laughs> of what you want it to. So, And if there is added sugar... Um, like agave syrup, um, you know, honey, yeah, something like that is going to be much better for you than like even cane sugar or um, yeah, any, especially high fructose corn syrup. If you see that uh, on the label when you're when you're looking at like a coconut water or a aloe water or something down those lines as like a sports drink for yourself um, put it right back on the shelf that's because it's not going to be hydrating for you yeah it might taste okay um, it's going to give you a dopamine serotonin hit but it's not going to actually hydrate you and that's what we're talking about is trying to hydrate you uh, also the trace mineral packets like i said that's that's my go-to that's totally my go-to um, for if i if i need something with some flavor in it I'm going to, I want to go pretty much straight to the trace mineral packets. They have, uh, they have sodium, and um, sodium is the primary electrolyte that helps regulate fluid balance in your body. It's essential for maintaining blood pressure and supporting nerve and muscle function. And you may have heard of salt as being like a cause of high blood pressure, things like that. Um, table salt, like, which I'll talk about in a minute, sure sure we'll definitely do that and it's not good for you and there's some sodium in that but sodium is actually really good for you it's extremely important 
so let's not chastise that. Um, in the trace mineral packets, there's also potassium. Potassium is vital for proper muscle and nerve function, heart health, and also maintaining normal blood pressure. Um, magnesium is involved in hundreds, like more, like not just 100 and a few, but like hundreds of biochemical reactions in the body, including muscle and nerve function, energy production, and bone health. Magnesium, magnesium is extremely important. Uh, it aids in sleep, it aids in cognitive function, it aids in your immunity, it, and then like I just said, like just muscle and nerve function, uh, it's pretty important, that's pretty fucking important, and uh, energy production, stabilizing your metabolism, um, and also for your bone health, that's the joint health, It's that's pretty fucking important. Um, and there's magnesium is, like I said earlier, like your best bioavailable sources are gonna be like red meat, um, things that are in ruminant animals. Um, but this trace mineral packets and salt, um, you're also gonna find a good bit of magnesium in as well. And, uh, and I supplement with, you know, I drink a pack every day that I can. Um, I always drink at least, you know, one pack a day on top of, you know, my salt water. And I add salt to everything I eat, uh, even when I'm eating red meat, which I eat a lot of. Um, I add salt to that because um, I like salt. And, uh, and I don't personally think that you can have too much salt. I work with quite a few bodybuilders as personal trainer, as their personal trainer and like their nutrition coach. And, uh, and a big thing in the bodybuilding world is to use like a teaspoon of salt, like to eat a teaspoon of salt and then drink a cup of water afterwards as a pre-workout. It gets all those electrolytes into your muscles that way your muscles can last longer through a workout, they can handle more abuse, and then of course grow more after the workout. Um, I don't think you can overdo salt if you're intaking a good type of salt. Uh, you know, not like your iodized over-the-counter, uh, not over-the-counter, but like your table salt. Um, you don't wanna do that. Also, like in the trace minerals and in, the, in a lot of the bioavailable hydrating foods, you're getting a lot of calcium, uh, calcium is often associated with bone health, uh, but also plays a role in muscle contraction, blood clotting, and nerve transmission. And if you've noticed, uh, all, most all of these electrolytes are, uh, they serve in nerve function and muscle contraction. Okay, remember I said electrolytes, think of electricity, think of electrical. Um, that's what they mean is an electrically charged mineral and your nerves are basically electrical circuits uh, and your muscles that's how they contract that's how they work is you know through an electrical charge we're, we're electric beings and so you want to be as electrically conductive as you possibly can be that way that all parts of you are functioning at their fullest capacity and if you're exercising a lot, which I believe that if you're listening to this podcast that you probably are a little bit of a fitness fanatic and good for you for being that way because now you're a better person and you're better for the community around you, better for your family, better for yourself. And if that's the case, then you're probably doing a lot of muscle contracting as you exercise, even just as you walk. I mean, just 
whatever you're doing right now, sitting and listening to this little podcast, you are uh, you're moving muscles, you're thinking. There's neurons firing all over the place. Your nervous system is consistently working. It it never stops. And having proper hydration is just going to increase its function. You're also going to drop your pain level down, which means you're going to increase your pain tolerance to a point where you're more able to handle stress of all kinds, not just like you know feeling, but all of your sensations, um, particularly with pain and uh, annoying things. Uh, things that maybe you know they squeeze a trigger for you the more hydrated you are the better you are at handling all of those things so let's talk about the different types of salt now since I've talked a lot about salt um, obviously there's like your table salt this is like that shit you buy for a couple bucks at the store that comes in like a half gallon jug and it it pours out nice and neat it's normally white it's normally bleached super refined so that's like your Regular iodized table salt. It's the most common type of salt and it's highly refined. It almost 100% of the time contains additives that prevent it from clumping. That's why it like pours out like, like salt does. Uh, it's used for cooking and seasoning in most restaurants and American homes. Throw it away. It's no good. Stop fucking using it. It's actually detrimental to your health and this is the type of salt that gives salt a bad rap the whole salt causes high blood pressure bullshit is because of this garbage it's not real salt so stop using it throw it away then you got like your kosher salt um, it's lar has larger crystals than the table salt and it's just commonly used in koshering meat and for general cooking uh, it's a little bit better than table salt it's still not optimal um, you're not it's better you know, if you're gonna go from like your table salt to kosher salt, that could be a, a decent step for you. It's still not as good as the other salts I'm gonna read to you, but it's a little bit better. Um, just doesn't have as wide of a range of a mineral profile, and it's not gonna be as hydrating for you. So uh, I recommend going straight to a type of sea salt. Uh, like, a, I, like I said earlier, I really like the flavor of like the Celtic gray salt uh, the one I buy comes in like a blue bag I'm not really sure the name of the brand but to me it's fucking delicious um, it adds a really great flavor profile to my food I use a lot of it when I cook and in my water when I drink it um, it dissolves well in the water so you're not like drinking and eating you know salt crystals before you mix it with things like that it's really good and it's also uh, super hydrated hydrating and uh, sea salt it's just that. It's harvested from evaporated seawater. It comes in uh, various textures and colors depending on where you get it from. Um, you know, and also what's in it. Uh, sea salt is prized for its natural flavor and also for its minerals. Um, there's a ton of minerals. The mineral profile in a sea salt is far greater than that of your iodized salt or your kosher salt. It's going to hydrate you far better than any other salt is going to. Uh, then of course you've got like your Himalayan salt um, and of course it's mined from the Himalayan region and uh, the salt is pink excuse me in color because of the trace minerals it has in it the the mineral profile. Um, it's pink because of iron so there's a good bit of iron the mineral iron in pink Himalayan salt so you know women in the United States are 
for the most part detrimentally low in iron, especially during their menstrual cycle. And so if that's you, if that's the case, um, don't do what the FDA or the whatever the fucking, whoever you listen to in health and nutrition besides me, <laughs> don't do what they do. Don't eat peanut butter to get your like 6% or whatever fucking iron. No, uh, add some pink salt to your food. Do it all the time though, not just you know while you're menstruating. Just add pink salt to your food all the time. Um, you're gonna get those iron levels up. Also, you need to eat more red meat, of course, because it's full of iron. Um, if you can handle eggs, then I always recommend eggs to people who can handle them. I'm always cautious about recommending eggs, though, because um, like my wife, Caitlin, the co-host on the show, she has a difficult time sometimes digesting eggs. Even though we have free-range uh, ducks and chickens, um, they supply us with the most nutritious eggs I've ever seen before, besides the eggs from the Old Road Farm, um, just up the road that also sponsors this show. They, uh, they still give her a little bit of problem, and it's there's a protein in the whites of eggs that, uh, that do bother some people. So if you're that type of person and you can't get eggs you know, for their wide range of nutrients and minerals, um, then red meat, that's, that's where it's at. And then of course add some pink Himalayan sea salt, because like I said, it's pink because of iron. Um, but not only is there iron in it, there's magnesium, there's sodium, there's potassium, there's calcium, there's, there's another wide range. Um, and then there's pretty much sea salt from all over the place and so you can you can play with it a lot there's there's different sea salts different salts um, that you can get they all have a little bit of a different uh, texture and flavor profile and that obviously depends on what minerals are in them you know where it's harvested from um, I will say to if you're gonna do pink Himalayan salt go for the larger crystal uh, pink Himalayan salt um, maybe it comes with a grinder and you, you grind it yourself or, or whatever. Um, and that's only because sometimes when they mine for the Himalayan pink salt, they use explosives. And unfortunately, in the mining process, you wind up with some of that stuff in your, uh, in your salt. And you don't, you don't want that. You know, it's, if you're trying to be as healthy and as optimal as you can be, um, you don't want that. So if it's really fine grain pink salt, um, while it's still way better for you than iodized salt, um, just to, to throw it out there, um, there might be some granules of some like explosive material and other stuff in there. Um, some brands aren't very integral, and so they also add stuff to keep it from like caking together, at, you know, in transport and storing and stuff like that. Um, so if you get the larger crystalled stuff, you're gonna avoid, uh, you know, almost all of that. So that's what I go for is the larger crystal stuff. Uh, that's what we have in our cabinets all the time is the, um, you know, the larger crystal Celtic sea salt, the gray stuff, and then the pink Himalayan uh, salt as well. Uh, there's also Epsom, Epsom salt. Uh, it's a magnesium sulfate compound, normally used for therapeutic purposes. Um, people like long ago realized that the, the particular minerals that were in Epsom salt, which they named it that because of, I believe it was a lake or a spring um, that people, they were swimming in and it was like a fountain of youth. They felt incredible. They were healing from autoimmune conditions and you know, diseases a long time ago. And uh, I believe that the, the man's name was Epsom. I could be wrong. You might have to fact check me on this, but uh, if I remember the story right, the guy's name was Epsom and they like built this whole town around Epsom and, uh, and eventually they started 
selling the salt from that area and now of course um, because they figured out what the composition of that salt was um, they've been able to mass produce it um, and it doesn't all come from that area or even you know particularly from the earth anymore sometimes it's a it's a lab created compound but nonetheless the compound itself um, is really good at soothing sore muscles and also promoting relaxation I use Epsom salt uh, when I do my ice plunges and I'm using my my ice plunge trough at the house I add Epsom salt in it pretty often it, uh, it helps keep the water clean it helps to keep you know some some bugs and stuff from uh, from trying to use it as their home uh, so it makes the water last a little bit longer and then of course you know there's the soothing of the sore muscles and some extra relaxation associated with it as well uh, people used to drink Epsom salt like from that lake or spring that I was talking about uh, I wouldn't recommend drinking any of the Epsom salt that you find because it's probably got a bunch of extra shit in it and it's probably lab made um, so I wouldn't recommend that but it is really great for soaking in because your, your body does absorb what you soak in and, uh, and if you're going to take a bath and you're probably running your bath from tap water uh, hopefully you have a filter because you've been listening to the show long enough to realize how bad tap water is um, and then you add some Epsom salt maybe some other salt to your bath uh, it's going to help to hydrate your skin instead of that feeling you normally get like when you <clears throat> when you take a bath and your skin feels dry and you know non-elastic after a bath um, adding some some salt some Epsom salt to your bath is gonna help with that a lot and then of course there's like rock salt um, it's a really coarse salt typically used for de-icing roads but you can also use it for making homemade ice cream um, we have some at the house and that's what Kate uses it for um, I do know some like fitness influencer <clears throat> influencer excuse me that use rock salt um, like they actually will put some in their water uh, I would not do that um, maybe I have to listen to them and see what the reasoning is for that for me I stick to sea salt or Himalayan salt for my nutrition um, the choice of salt that you're going to use is going to depend on your culinary preferences also consider your dietary needs and the specific applications um, but it is important to utilize salt to uh, to maintain health um, salt is salt is very special and it has been for a long time uh, the history of salt is long and rich as it's been a vital commodity for human survival and civilization for thousands of years salt was essential for preserving food before the advent of refrigeration which is less than a hundred years old by the way so you know less than a hundred years ago and in fact probably even less than 50 years ago hell maybe even now in the United States still I'm sure people are you know around the world still using salt to preserve their food um, but it is essential for pre per preserving food uh, and it's been a crucial element in, for many of our early human societies for that reason and other ones uh, you know our ancestors as they started to build larger and larger communities it was important to find a way to feed everyone in that tribe in those communities in those civilizations and when you are aiming to feed a large amount of people it's important to be able to preserve food 
So when you have an abundance of food or a bounty, you can preserve it for times when there's you know, some more scarcity. That way everybody is fed. And salt is wonderful for that because as, as we know, uh, meat does not age well if it's not somewhere uh, you know, that's safe and pulled away from you know, bugs and other predators and you know, a lot of bacteria. Obviously the aging process utilizes bacteria, a little bit of fermentation. For some people that's good, it, you know, it can make the meat taste a little bit better, but at the same time, um, a lot of people get a, a little bit of a histamine response from eating aged meat, and that's because of um, the bacteria that is now on that meat and in that meat. Um, I said that, that's gonna be a personal thing for you, but salt uh, really inhibits that. It really stops that a lot. So people in ancient cultures used to, you know, pat salt all the way around you know, large chunks of meat, and then they would store it. Sometimes they would bury it and store it that way, surround it in rocks and bury it and store it for a later time. You know, they stored it in like, you know, basements, uh, like, you know, shelters, you know, things that they would build in that type of manner. Um, salt extraction and the salt trade date back to ancient civilizations like the Egyptians, Greeks, and the Romans. They used salt to preserve their fish, their meat, um, it was a very, <clears throat> excuse me, a very valuable trade item. In various regions, trade routes known as salt roads were established to transport salt to areas, areas where it was scarce. And these roads played a significant role in the development of trade and culture. This was one of the one of the very one of the very first trades that actually influenced our entire world as they started to build roads just for transporting salt from one side of the empire to the other side of the empire. It was a way in which they were connecting communities, also expanding upon the empire, which, you know, there's, we could talk about the good and bad there, but the point is that salt was that important that it, you know, led to those innovations. In some historical periods, governments imposed taxes on salt as well, leading to the creation of salt monopolies and, of course, conflicts. Uh, this is where the term worth your salt comes from, indicating that someone is valuable for or deserving of their pay, you know, being your worth your salt in something. Um, it's also where um, the term salary comes from salt, like an assault allowance that was given to... Uh, you know, manual laborers, laborers, um, slaves, things like that in the ancient cultures. They were, they were given a salary of salt. Um, and this wasn't just for people that were forced into labor. This was also for people who were, for, who were working, um, mostly manual labor and things like that. They were given a salary. And that salary, S-A-L, salary, S-A-L-T, salt, um, they are derivatives of the same root word. During the Industrial Revolution, um, there was many innovations in salt production and distribution, ma making it more accessible to the general population. Um, the salt was given to you know manual laborers because it was obvious that the more salt that they had, the more capacity they had, and were able to stay hydrated and continue working for the empire. Um, but uh, during the Industrial Revolution. Um, salt was able to be accessed by instead of just the people who needed it sur for survival who were working for the empire and the uh, the noble 
the, the wealthy people in the empire. Now it was available for you know all the people in between as well. So salt is ex extremely important. Um, salt in general is a chemical compound primarily comp comprised of sodium and chloride ions. Um, it's an essential mineral uh, that plays crucial roles in various bodily functions. Um, again, sodium maintains fluid balance, transmits nerve impulses, supports muscle contractions. Chloride is essential for digestion as it is a component of stomach acid, hydrochloric acid, chloride, hydrochloric acid, and it aids in breaking down food. Um, insufficient salt intake can result in health issues like muscle cramps and electrolyte imbalances. So just make sure you're using the right kind of salt, not your typical iodized table salt. Um, make sure you're using sea salt, some type of hydrating salt. And, uh, and that's pretty much it that I really wanted to cover for this episode right here, guys. Um, it went a little bit longer than I thought it was going to, and I think it's because I ranted in a couple spots. But if you have any questions, please reach out. Um, you, can, you can send me a message on Instagram at the Tranquil Warrior. Um, or you can uh, you can reach out whatever platform you're listening on. You can probably leave a comment, and uh, depending on where you're listening from, uh, we might see it, be able to get back to you. You can also there should be an email attached uh, in the show notes somewhere that you can send a message to us. You can also, if you are a member at Energy Fitness Studio, you can just ask face to face, and uh, and we can we can talk more about it there. But anyways, everybody, I hope you have a great motherfucking day. Enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy the rest of your week. And stay hydrated.